Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of From the Sideline Podcast. I'm back with my co-host, Pete, man. And we got some we got some good topics for you guys today. But first off, we want to thank you guys for watching over on YouTube. If you are watching, man, hit that like button so we can get the video out to other people. Other people will see the video, you know, and they can give us our feedback. Um, we're going to be dropping a Twitter soon, Instagram soon, and we're going to be doing some polls over there, asking some questions, trying to get you guys feedback. Uh, on topics on the show, what we should talk about, stuff like that. So if you guys want to, you know, be a part of the show, help us out. You can do it down here on the YouTube video, or you can do it over there on those websites, and we'll let you know exactly when we got them up. But right now, we're going to kick the show to Pete for Pete's message. What you got for us today, Pete? What's up, brother? What's going on, man? Not much, not much chilling. Yeah, so for the opening message today, I mean, a couple episodes ago, I brought up the New York Mets and how the fans were going super crazy and upset all because we didn't re-sign Noah Syndergaard. They wanted, he wanted $21 million. We offered him 18. He goes to the Angels for one year. And I just felt like it was a big risk, understanding the fact that the man hadn't pitched in two and a half years. Why would we want to risk that kind of money on him? And I told Met fans to just calm down. Well, now here it is, not too much longer after that. And everybody's in a good mood all of a sudden now because the Mets have made some big splashes over the last couple of days, okay? Forget Noah Syndergaard. He's an afterthought when you bring over somebody like Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is now a New York Met. I can't even believe I'm saying that right now. It don't even sound like it's true. I, I feel like I need to be pinched for a second to make sure I'm not dreaming. But yes, Max Scherzer is a New York Met now. We got him for three years, $130 million at $43.5 million a year. He is now the highest paid pitcher in all of baseball, and it's well-deserving. Last season, the guy had 236 strikeouts. He pitched 179 innings. He had 18 quality starts, 15 wins, and a 2.46 ERA. He's won multiple Cy Young awards already, okay? And then to accompany him, we got some extra talent coming in, too, because we made a splash with the best center fielder on the market in Stalin Marte. Starla Marte and 467 at-bats last year had 89 runs scored, 12 home runs, 55 RBIs, and a big-time 47 stolen bases with a 379 on-base percentage. We also came and brought in Eduardo Escobar, 549 at-bats, 77 runs scored, 28 home runs, 90 RBIs, and a 314 on-base percentage. And to go along with that, we brought in another guy, big-time from the athletics, 519 at-bats, Mark Hanna. 93 runs scored, 17 home runs, 61 RBIs, 12 stolen bases, and a 3.58 on base percentage. That is the type of talent that we needed to bring to this roster to put us over the hump. We, as Met fans, should be rejoicing, not just over the fact that we got Max Scherzer, but don't sleep on these other guys. This is just what we wanted to see. Steve Cohen is spending the money in the right way. Billy Epler is making a splash, and he's only been on the job for a couple of weeks. Mets fans, we are headed in the right direction. For the longest time, we've been waiting on the Wilpons to spend money. Well, the Wilpons are no longer our owners. It's Steve Cohen. He is the richest owner in all of baseball, and he's spending the money to give us the team that we deserve. This could easily be our season. Our season. It sounds so good to say it. I'm so excited about it. And like I said a couple episodes ago, Mets fans, calm down. I had faith in what it was we were trying to do and what we were going to pull off. And what I'm hearing, we're not done yet. 
we still going to make some more signings. So with the Pete Alonzo on the team, with Max Scherzer now able to be a nice one-two punch with everybody's favorite, Jacob DeGrom, we arguably have two of the best starting pitchers in all of baseball. And Mets fans today in these past couple of days has been a very, very good week for us Mets fans. Let's go Mets. Word, and that's the, that's the damn message from Pete. And uh, yeah, well, thank you guys. Thank you for always sharing this message with you guys. If you guys like it, man, give some Pete some love down in the comments, man. But yes, we, do got, uh, we do got our regulars in the building, you know, GK and uh, Uncle Frank. So we'll see you guys when we get them in here, man. What's up, guys, man? We're back in, uh, sorry, I know I said GK was in the house today, but GK is not in the house today. He had to go to work. So we want to wish him to have a good day, and we'll see him on another episode, all right? But we got, we got Uncle Frank back in the building, man. And you know, we got, Billy. The, we got the trusted we got the trusted co-host Pete in the building with, the, with that Mets on, you know? You know? <laughs> so uh, we're going to jump right into it. So if you guys don't remember last episode, it was only me and Pete. So me and Pete decided to give you guys our top 10 list. And uh, okay. we're going to start the show off with Frank's top 10. But before we kick it to Frank's top 10, we want to repeat our top 10. So I'm going to go first. And then yeah, right after here me, it is. Uh, Pete's going to go. And then we'll discuss the top 10s for a little bit. And then we'll move on. All right. So my top 10 in order, right? Because uh, I try to I try to just be, you know, in order. I got MJ. I got Kareem. I got LeBron. I got Kobe. I got Magic, I got Bird, I got Shaq, I got Bill, I got Tim, and then I got Will. All right. And my top 10 was broken down pretty much into three categories. I had my players that um, are retired. I got a couple players that are still playing. And then I threw in a guy that I call my favorite player. So mine was Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and Pistol Pete Maravich. And then the players that are still playing, I threw in LeBron James and Stephen Curry. And I threw in my favorite player, which is Drazen Petrovic to end my list. So that was my top 10. Me and uh, uh, Troy, we agreed on seven names and we had three differences. So what's up, Uncle Frank? What you got for us, brother? All right. So are you ready? Strap in. Tighten up. It's going to be some controversy because it's going it's to be some name. It's, it might be a name or two that's that's left off my top ten. And it yeah, might, I gotta might get, get an eye roll or two. I got to get my pen. Right? I got to get my pen. I'm going to start with number one at the top. LBJ, the young kid from Akron. He is the GOAT. I got him at my number one, respectfully. I got Michael Jordan number two. I have uh, Kareem at number three. Uh, Magic number four. I got uh, Kobe, number five, Tim Duncan, number six, Shaq, seven, uh, Larry Bird at number nine, uh, Bill Russell at, at number 10. Respectfully. I think you missed one. You missed yeah. one. Oh, I can't. I got you Steph. said Shaq Steph at seven. You said Shaq at seven, Larry at nine, Bill at 10. Did I? Yes. Yeah, you did. You, did. you jumped Shaq the number. Seven. I'm writing it. <laughs> all right, all right. Shaq seven. Uh -huh. KD, Kevin Durant is number eight. You uh, left that KD. one off. That's KD. the one you left off. All right, all right so I left KD so off. So Larry is number nine, and then ten was Bill. Yes, sir. So, right. so, so the only thing he's missing with Troy is Troy's got Will Chamberlain, and you got KD. That's the only difference between y'all's list. And... I left the greatest shooter of all time off my list. 
Steph Curry. That's the only bad part. So I got Steph Curry. You got Kevin Durant. But me and Troy both got Will Chamberlain. Yeah, but see, my thing is the way I the way I constructed my list is it's like um, only reason why because I told I told um, I told Pete last episode that I don't like um, including players that careers aren't finished. But with LeBron, you you've seen enough in his career to know that he's a top ten player all time in the NBA. So I put him there. But my list is constructed of everybody that has finished their career. So that's that's my list. My favorite player just so happens to be Bird. And I, I like to see that you got Magic in yours and Bird somewhere in there because uh, people don't include Bird in there when they got Magic in there. When, like we talked about on another episode, Bird and Magic hand-in-hand hand carry the lead. You understand? Yes, absolutely. To, to get his ratings back up, to stop it from going bankrupt. Like So I think both of them deserve the credit at the same time. You'd be Bird just drops on my list because of longevity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you be disrespecting. You be disrespecting one if you put one in and not the other. Yeah, that's that's I agree too. So you got anything to say um, about Frank's top ten, Pete? No, you know what, man. I mean, listen. You could almost say KD, LeBron, and Steph, even though they're active players right now. It's like mm-hmm. you said. You don't really like putting guys in that are still playing right now. But at the same yeah, I don't time, have how too many active players? How can you leave those three off the list when you know eventually, when it's all said and done, they're probably going to be on the list. Who comes so, off my you know, list is the question. That, that's like I'm looking at my list. And... Wait, say it again. I said, who comes off my list? That's that's the question I'm asking myself. To what? To what? Fit a guy like KD? Yeah, like KD and Stephen. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. That's, we that's what got... I looked at my list too. That's what took my list too. Is well, where do Steph... I where do I put Steph at? Because Steph definitely deserves to be over there. But when you look at a guy like Bill Russell who has 11 championships, you can't ignore that. He has to, he just due to respect, he has to be somewhere on my list. And I felt I couldn't put him and Wilt at the same time. I just, I just, I can't put two, two, two players from that era. I just, got just the competition wise. I can see Wilt time. dropping off my list. I just, but Wilt is there because Wilt was the first, bro. Wilt Listen, the yeah, yeah. I got two, two small points to make, right? With my list, it's a lot easier for me to drop somebody off to add one of your guys who are definitely uh, deserving of being on the list because I put a guy on my list like Drazen Petrovic, which is only on my list because he's my favorite player. I know that when uh, Troy gives Shaquille O'Neal, Bill Russell, and Tim Duncan, and G- and, and uh, uh, Frank gives a guy like KD, I know all four of those guys should be on my list over Drazen Petrovic. But because I put Drazen just being my favorite player, I have room to take a guy off to put one of the four guys on that you guys have that I don't have. But what I am in disagreement with, and I, it's just, I, it's, I'm finding like how people find it hard to believe that I have Drazen Petrovic on my list. I feel like how could we leave Will Chamberlain off the list at all? Will is like, dang man. Will I agree. <laughs> Will should be there, bro. And that's why I said I could see Will dropping when KD and Curry's careers, you know. And but I'm gonna have to go into a study. I'm gonna have to get a notepad. I'm gonna have to write some stuff down. I'm gonna have to come to some conclusions and see if. You know what Wilt has done with being that first guy to carry the league until you know things changed for the yeah. NBA and they was able to get to that ABA, you know, you know, shit and Dr. J and all of them was to come along and carry that on. But like Wilt deserves to be there. Like Wilt, Wilt, when you start some, Wilt was like the founder of it, like to me. Well, so to take Wilt yeah. off the off the list for me, it would be hard, even to put somebody like a Steph Curry and Katie on the list. 
here, here's my question for both of y'all, and you both could give me an answer on this because I, 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 this is what I feel like you guys are thinking. Why is it that you guys feel that Shaq and Bill Russell are better players than Will Chamberlain? Oh, uh, would you like to go first, or would you? Um, uh, you can go. Go ahead, Frank. Well, I just put it if if I'm starting my franchise, if I'm starting the franchise, it doesn't matter which era it is. If I have a, if I have Shaq. And I have Will Russell. I'm with Will Chamberlain to start my my franchise. I would say, I would like to say seven out of ten out of ten uh, sports analysts or or just sports fanatics or anybody who just knows the game. I would like to believe the majority would go with Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq was way more dominant with his size, and early that early on Shaq was was that Orlando Magic Shaq was terrifying. He was breaking backboards. He was a Shaq that can run in transition. He was blocking shots. He, he's a monster. He was a force to be reckoned with. And my my deal with my deal with Will is, yes, Will got the numbers to be. Will has the numbers to be number two, top two, top three on anybody's list. If you're going just based off numbers alone, my deal is when it came to when it came to winning championships, when it came to the biggest games, those biggest games often came against a guy named Will, uh, named uh, Bill Russell, and mm-hmm. Bill Russell was the victor and majority. Of, the, of those wins, That's hence right. the 11 rings. So, I, I, and, and with the league being so, so, so short and so short and, and amount of players and, and limited with, with the talent, I, I can't see myself putting, I have to put somebody from that era. It's, it can only be one guy from that era um, on, on my top 10, and it would have to be the guy with the most championships. Yeah. Now, are you? Yeah, I, I got, no, you answer. Go ahead. Absolutely. Go ahead. Bro. No, so I I agree with him. Um, and that's why I kind of said I could see Will going off because Bill Russell was the more dominant one. That's why I have Bill at eight, um, Will at 10. Uh, Shaq was more dominant. You just look at Shaq overall games from when he just, when he came into the league to even when he, well, when he left the league, he wasn't as dominant, but he still had a, he was still was a dominant force, you know, just not to that level of, you know, his first, you know, 10 years or, or so, mm-hmm. so be it, right? But with just like what Frank was saying with Will and um, and Bill, Bill did win those matchups, even though, you know, Will was uh, dominant, you know, he was the first, you know, one to do a 100-point game, which I had a guy on TikTok tell me Will's 100-point game was fake. It never happened. There was no points <laughs> back then. There's no way he could score 100 points. <laughs> Well, go, let me say, go to the go to the box score and add up the shots. Just do, just do that. I was gonna say, um, you know, Troy Troy is absolutely right. He says all the time about how, like, based on who you played against in your error is not your fault. No. You can't hold that. You can't hold mm-hmm. that against a person. But I will say this though, and it's something that you two didn't mention right now. I still feel like, and don't get me wrong, you both gave great arguments for why you like Shaq and Bill Russell a little bit more. But I feel like you would give, and even maybe other people would give Will Chamberlain more respect if he played in the same era as Shaquille O'Neal. Because I get it, Shaquille O'Neal probably played against bigger guys. And listen, we're not gonna sit and argue. Dominating body features made him so freaking dominating because he was so big, so strong, so muscular, so tall. Like couldn't nobody deal with that. That seven foot one, 300 pounds, nobody could deal with in the nineties. They just couldn't. The only person that really took it to him was like Hakeem, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. That was really the only one that really took it to Shaq when Shaq was in his prime. But I just feel like if Wilt played in that same era, Wilt would have been 
putting up a lot of the same numbers. I ain't saying he would have had a hundred point game, but I think Wilt would have still been putting up some crazy numbers. And he, he and I think what Wilt's like six nine. He probably wouldn't even have been really like responsible for even having to guard Shaquille O'Neal. To be honest with you. All right, that goes into, that goes into my point that I was about to make. All right, so this goes into Shaq's dominance, Shaq's level of dominance during his 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 prime years. Shaq created the stretch fours. Shaq created the the power forward position as far as the guys who uh, the the KD the KGs and the Tim Duncans, the seven footers who didn't want to play center because they didn't want to have to match up with with Shaquille O'Neal, so they moved down to the power forward position. That's that that good. That's credit to Shaq's Shaq's level of dominance during his prime. That you gotta you gotta take that into accountability. The the numbers that Shaq put up in the playoffs with those, those four first four Lakers years, especially the first two, the first two championships run where we went fifteen and one in the playoffs. And Shaq averaged twenty eight and thirteen in the playoffs in a playoff run. That's that's dominance. That's that's that's. I mean, Will Will doesn't those- have. Wilt doesn't have to, of course, Wilt is athletic enough. I think Wilt is athletic enough to be able to be uh, a serviceable player, a serviceable, a serviceable starter. But with the athleticism matched up around the league, it is that's why that's why he was so dominant because there were so far a few players that can match his level of athleticism, that so, can match his, his level his skill level. Now you got those players on sitting on the bench. You got Wilt type players sitting on the bench. So well, listen, it, it'd be, of course, it'd be a whole lot harder for, for Wilt to be what Wilt was in, in this day and age that uh, basketball. We had a lot of centers back then, and I know Shaq was definitely the biggest and the strongest. But when Shaq was going on those title runs, I'm thinking about some of the centers he went through. I remember when the Lakers beat uh, uh, um, the Philadelphia 76ers, their starting center was the Kembe Mutombo. I'm not putting him on the same level with Shaq. Um, I'm looking at when 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 they would get when when the Lakers got through the Sacramento Kings in the Western Conference Finals like two years in a row. He's going against Vladi Diva. Vladi, um, I mean, That's a Hall of Famer, right? You, you gonna snub your nose at a Hall of Famer? Fam- get him, the right. Kim the Hall right. of Famer. Hold on a minute, hold on a minute though. But are they as dominating and as good as Shaquille O'Neal was? No. Offensively, offensively, no. Defensively, they can absolutely match Shaq. Uh, uh, the Kimbe Matumbo, at least. Yeah, the Kimbe Matumbo, at least. Well, Kimbe was a little problem for Shaq. Shaq had to learn how to get over that. He had to learn how to cook the chicken first. He, they wasn't barbecue chicken off the rip. He had to learn how to cook the chicken first. The Kimbe was a defensive stopper with the nugget with the Nuggets. Remember when there was the eighth seed and they, listen, they had listen, the upset? That's all. That's all the Kimbe's known for is being a defensive stopper. That's what he made his money on in the NBA. Now, player that is not a scorer cannot be great. Yeah, listen, I mean, I, I get that. Listen, I mean, I, I'm just, I, saying, I'm I just saying. Defensively, he can match up. He can stand with Shaq. Offensively, I don't I think, agree with I don't, you. I don't think he get, anybody could compare to Shaq just because of what he did with his weight and his size and his athleticism. I Shaq think, had quick feet before he let himself go. The Lakers went through went through the Utah Jazz a couple times. I think their starting center was great. Ostertag. Um, Name. You know, uh, Arena Sabonis over there and and um and in Portland, Portland seven big three seven three Sabonis. Come on, yeah, Shaq went to some guys. I'm trying Rick to think. Smith in the finals against Rick the um, it's like against the same the thing. It's like the, the same thing. It's like the same thing they say for the competition that Jordan had, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's the same thing I say. You cannot blame Shaq or Jordan or Larry or Will or anybody for the people that's in front of them. That is not their job to be like, look, I need more talent to go against. I need to 
No. And that's why I think Bill is high on would be high on everybody list than Wilt because Bill came out with the championships. If Wilt had more championships, I think then Pete, you you make a valid point that Wilt would have more respect and get more of a, a leniency to be higher on people's list. But Wilt don't have the championships to match it with his numbers. Okay, so hold on a second though. But real quick, right? <laughs> LeBron James don't got the championships like that either, though. Yes, he's got more. He does have a losing record. I agree with you, and that's always my point when it comes to LeBron. Like, and I'm not, I don't, and that's why I'm not me either. But I'm not. I, that's why I always argue with LeBron against LeBron. Is like, yeah, LeBron is great in the aspect of what he does for the NBA, what he can do in the game, how he can control the game and, and win the game by himself. But when you're looking at the totality of LeBron's career, he's four and six in the finals. People always give him credit because he went to ten straight finals, but people and never straight. take away. People, never done. Yeah, never done. That's great. That's a great accolade. You you can you can give him his roses there and still be like, but he only has four chips out of it. Well, how about this? How about MJ this, right? went, and then this is people's on MJ side argument. MJ went to the finals six times and won all six of the times he was there. Bill not, went to the championship 12 times and won 11 times that he was there. But I'm LeBron has faced the superior uh, competition throughout his career. I that's agree. that's, what, that's I, what, I don't, what levels LeBron. I don't know. I, mean, I think there's really? people that can that, argue that's what, that. That's why I say competition has to be included. Competition uh, has to come not, when you, when well, you no. about that. You that, can't hold it against somebody, but competition has to absolutely matter, especially when me, you talk. Well, I would say it, it matters more. No, when if, you I'm talk out on the, if I'm out on the court and I'm playing talk. some dudes and they think they're good and I drop 30 on their head in the pickup game, bro, I'm not going to be like, oh, they were some scrub. I'm fucking all up in their face. Listen, bro. listen. Like, I'm probably... I'm probably <laughs> I'm probably in the minority when I say this, but I, I just feel this way or whatever. I actually don't value championships as much as most people do. And what I mean by that is, it's like when you're talking about a team sport where the other four guys matter or in football, even crazier because you've got 10 other guys on the field with you. Okay. I feel like, I think Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. And I'm still calling Michael Jordan that if I take three championships away from him. That's just me. I don't think that Michael Jordan having six it makes his resume look amazing, but I'm not taking it away from him if he has three. I'm still calling Michael Jordan the greatest player of all time. Yeah, but it's not even about Michael's resume. It's just his will to win. And that's why Kobe is so much compared to Michael because Kobe has that same will to win. That's why Kobe has five. You understand? Right. Tim Duncan, people don't put Tim Duncan in that category because he plays a whole different position, but Tim also has five. But Tim gets his credit because Tim was one of the best power forwards to ever play the game. He was a big and, fundamental and, fundamental for a reason. And, and I, I even sit here and think back, sorry, Pete, I even sit here and think back when I was a kid that I wish somebody was there to show me the fundamentals of the game because then maybe I could be a fucking point guard. That's a Tim Duncan, just so fundamental. Like, because right. he did it so well. You understand? This is why you'll have these type of players over will. You understand? I get it with what Frank is saying about competition. Yeah, you want to look at competition, but competition can't be the most important thing on the list because it doesn't matter. If you look at LeBron's competition, if you just look at LeBron as a whole uh, and somebody else as a whole, who, who compares to him? If you really think about it, LeBron can force his way to the rim at will. He has a little bit of a pull-up. He can back you down. He can throw himself self-alley-oops and dunk over yet. Like, LeBron can climb a ladder that nobody else can that probably Zach, Zach Levine can climb, but it's like he has all these things, and for LeBron to have these things and go to the finals with the teams that he has had, 
I, I think it's right for people to hold it against him. Yeah, even though I do give credit where credit is due, he went up against the dynasty in San Antonio. That was yeah, a dynasty. There's a, yes, dynasty. a dynasty, that's, that's the and dynasty and Golden State. The di- no, that that was a, a dynasty and Golden State. You can say that, but that that was just a good team and good competition. I think those teams were more close. What? I think those teams were more close than you give them credit for. Not the yes, year yes. where Curry and no, Mark was we, injured, but I'm, when I'm talking about your, your opinion strictly on the Warriors team, you think that Warriors team was just a, a another good team? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, really, I don't really know. Like I don't know if it's so dynasty for me is. Same level competition, three to five years, more in the end of five years. And that's why I said you can call the Warriors a dynasty. You can because they fit in that three to five year range. I'm not mad if you do. I kind of think they were on the verge of being a dynasty, but some people might take that dynasty away from them because of the Kevin Durant sign. Here's something too, right? With, with everybody that we're talking about right now, and maybe it was something we could have thought about doing, which we didn't do or whatever it is, is we, we, we're all giving... We're all born in like the 80s, right? Everybody in here yeah. born in the 80s, right? Like we're giving that. Born in the 90s. I'm not no 80s. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. For, for, God damn. Um, I'm right in the 80s. We're giving that point of view right now, right? And if we had a guy on here right now that was in his 50s, 60s, or early 70s right now, they would have some pretty good arguments for guys like Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, and a lot of the guys that we don't have on a list or that we have on a list that we don't have as high as a LeBron or Michael Jordan and things like that. So we do have to keep in mind that it's not that we're giving a biased opinion, but we're giving an opinion as far almost as our brains can go back to. You know what yeah. I'm saying, Kyle? Because you can, you can only go off of what you know. So Right, exactly. From, so From Bill and Will... It's like you can only go back and watch highlights. You get, you get some games. You can go watch. But, you know, most of us, like you're saying, we don't know that much of in-game experience of seeing what these guys did. But just hearing stories of me growing up, I was 91. So 80s ain't that far away from 91. So you get to hear those stories growing up as a kid about Will, Bill, the ABA, uh, the Merge, uh, Dr. J, um, and all these cats. And you get to go back and watch some, some games and some film in the 90s of these guys when it was a little bit more prevalent on TV when it was showing the games and stuff. And you get to see what these guys can do. So that's what I base my opinion on. But I totally 100% agree with you. And we yeah, had a like, guy that was from that time up here. He'd be spitting so much fire and facts that we'd be like, yo, I didn't even fucking know that. I'm telling you right now, okay? And my father, and because as y'all know, I'm, I'm, I respect LeBron. He's on my list, but I I, I don't really like LeBron as much. Yeah, you know I don't, what I'm saying? I, I'm there with you. But, but I'm not the biggest fan of him. <laughs> I respect him. He's a top 10 overall. He deserves to be on the list. My father is the biggest LeBron James fan. But if he was up here with us right now and we asked him his top 10 list and he gave it in order, he'd have Wilt up there, Bill Russell up there, Oscar Robertson, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar before he even put LeBron on that list. And those are all guys from the 70s and the 60s. You know what I mean? And he'd have a damn good argument for why they should be on the list in front of LeBron, Curry, Durant, Magic, Larry, you know, and Jordan. You know what I'm saying? So... The, it's just more of the fact that we're given that 80s, 90s point of view, and we're not really hearing a 70s or a 60s point of view to go along with it. But even if we had that person up here doing it, I think we'd all have good arguments and it'd be a, it's a good debate, you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, it, maybe maybe we'll, we'll make it work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But a- anything else? Any, anybody want to touch on anything else? All right, so uh, just real quick, I just want to say how I base my list I actually went out and and talked to 
like the guys that grew up in the 60s and the 70s during the jock. A lot of them would like a lot of names that we left off. Uh, one included would be Dr. J, mm-hmm. game changer. Um, a lot of people will have him in the top 10. And I don't think anybody would, would snub their nose at a Dr. But J. I think the or, thing with or that type is... of player being in uh, the top 10. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know the ABA holds. Yeah. yeah, the ABA. He played in the ABA, but that's I understand. But that's, that's where most of the talent like, was. Yeah, that's, right. and that's why the NBA. That's why the NBA but was like, yo, we gotta get them because if we don't get exactly. them, they're gonna get us. So that's and then what once it they was, merged, then. you saw majority of the talent was the players that came from the ABA. NBA. So I can't mm-hmm. really snub my nose at at that too much. Yeah, but I, I did you. do my I did do my due diligence. I I'm a sport rat. I love basketball. I love football. I love talking about it all day, every day. So I talk to my elders. I talk to my brothers. Um, I talk to my cousins. I talk to my friends. We all talk about this. And and, and it, when it comes down to my list, it just comes down to the production, the impact, um, and the competition absolutely played a big part in and in my decision, it's and which is why I left majority of of those those sixties players and the seventies players on uh, the the back end of my list. If you, but if, I definitely put that in account. No, um, uh, I was just gonna say if you, it, it don't matter how many people we have up here giving their top ten lists. If nine out of ten or ten out of ten of your players come off the NBA's top seventy five greatest players of all time, you got a good argument for why your list is what your list is. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Because you wouldn't be on the top 75 if your game didn't mean for you to be on the top 75. You're on the top 75 because players and coaches and everybody from the NBA over all the years have voted you on this list. So it don't matter how many people give their top 10 list. It could be a different 10 than all three of us. If your 10 is coming off that top 75 list, you got a good argument for why you got But shouldn't you, shouldn't you at least your five or your first five or first four be, be Mount, Mount Rushmore worthy? But that's see that's what I was like, going to say. I was going to say I there's, agree. A, there's a there's a top seventy five list, right? Yeah. And then list it in order for a reason. Like I'm not going to yeah. take, you know, somebody at the bottom of the list over Michael Kareem. Yeah, you feel me? I I get that. That's the only but... thing, and I think that's the only thing people will argue is like, yeah, you can beat you all right. You'll have an argument for them, and your only argument really would be that they are on the top seventy five list. But then anybody else can come back. It's like, where do they place on that time? When you talk well, about the first the 10, they got to be the cream of the crop. Well, I mean, so yeah, like you the, got the accolades. The guys you got the, what they did the for the NBA. But I'm just saying, when you talk about the 75 list, yeah, you, when you talk about the 75 list, that's going to be basically your argument because you're like, oh, I'm putting him on here and I got I can put him on here because all these accolades, but he made the 75, you know, right, top right, right. So no, that's, I, that's easy. That's an easily dismantable uh, argument. I can see that shit apart. So... Don't give no viewers ideas of coming up here with, with that with that BS from to this. But yeah, no, nah, you definitely I agree with you. You definitely want some goats in your top five. Your goats yeah. gotta be top five. You can't have, and that's why I say Pete, I can respect your top 10 list because you didn't Pete put your favorite player as number one on the list. And I think yeah. we said this last I episode. My favorite player don't even have to be on the list. Yeah, I, right. But that's why I said, and my favorite player is number six. You, you feel me? So we 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 understand that we're not going to just take it overboard and and you know just put our favorite players or who we like at the top of the list. But yeah, let's move on, bro. We got we got some NBA tiers to get into, and uh, I want to jump right into it. You know, because uh, this is going to be the last NBA tiers until the last the the last episode of this month. So we're going to start 
uh, doing all the NBA tiers at the end of the month. So we got a bigger resume to go on and a bigger way to move teams and see if anybody moves and stuff like that. All right, so we had some technical difficulties again. I'm still getting it. I'm still getting it together, all right? But uh, here's the bottom tier. Let me know if you guys can see it. Yes. All yeah. Okay, all right. So for the listeners, we got Houston, Orlando, Detroit, New Orleans, and San Antonio, and we're calling them this week the first-round picks. So what do you guys think about that bracket? <laughs> Anybody you think not supposed to be there? Nah, uh, I think the – Hopefully the Spurs. I think that they'll they'll eventually catch fire, catch some a little a little head of steam uh, later on during the season. I don't think that they'll they'll remain in the first round pick. In the first uh, bracket, bracket. In the, the bottom yeah. bracket. Uh, I want to explain to viewers too, if you're looking at it and for listening. So I go left to right. So the first team is the worst team. The last team is the best team in that bracket. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, nah, yeah, that's cool. Pete, you good? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I was just gonna say New Orleans. I mean, they're not fully healthy. Yeah, that's like true. You said you said that before. you said that before. when New Orleans is fully healthy, I can see them moving up. I think Ingram is uh, got a lot of talent. You know what I mean? I think Zion's got talent. So I feel like when they're fully healthy, they can move up from that spot. Everybody else is probably staying where they at. All right. Next bracket, we got OKC, San Antonio, Toronto, and Indy, and we call them calling this team looking up because. They 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 win some games. I think OKC is the best out of that that bottom tier, so that's why they're in the second tier. Um, Kings are winning some games. Toronto they they're up and down, yep. but they could they could turn it on. And Indiana turned it on a little bit and uh, had a couple of games. Any thoughts on that bracket? Anybody you think should be? Yeah, up or down? I was gonna say I was gonna say the Kings, man. Um, they fired their head coach and then they look good. They beat yeah. the in three overtimes. Um, real quick, just a touch on that game, man was very very confusing to me i'm just gonna go right back to real quick to the last play before overtime started they had six seconds on the clock in a tie game and i do not understand the play that was drawn up they give the ball to lebron at the top with six seconds that's plenty of time for lebron to drive to the basket and attack and either get fouled or make a layup and win the game he dribbles the ball for five seconds and shoots a three now listen if that's what frank vogel talked over with them as far as the play to make fine no problem but if all you're going to do is dribble out the clock and shoot a three to win the game in a tie game I would have rather gave the ball to Carmelo or a better three-point shooter. I would have rather given the ball to Anthony Davis if that was the game plan. If the game plan is just dribble for five seconds and shoot a three and hope it goes in, I wouldn't have put the ball in LeBron James' hand for that. LeBron should have attacked the basket, and we maybe they wouldn't have lost the game in three overtimes. Then to LeBron's credit, I think he for for the most part he had it going. He was the one that was driving us that game. He had uh, all of the momentum was behind him. And especially those those last three minutes of the of the fourth quarter, and then going into the and going into the first overtime and the, the second overtime, I just think he just got tired eventually. So after the third overtime, the second and third overtime, I, he was just drained. My, but in I, regulation, in regulation, in a tie game, and you're built like a freight train, and you have six seconds. You don't got one second or two seconds. You have six seconds to make a decision in a tie game. You don't even need to attack the basket. He had the hot hand, though. He, he just made three shots. You know what I mean? You can so have the hot hand. He was trying to hot hand. I agree, I agree with, I agree with uh, Pete. You got yeah, but a, just a hot hand does not mean you have to settle basket. for a jump shot. Just to yeah, have the hot hand, you do not have to settle for a jump shot in a tie game. Yeah, I agree. But we got the next bracket. It's the, it's the third bracket. Uh, it's called the snap out of it. Cleveland is falling down to earth. And I mean, it's falling down to flat earth. Um, <laughs> 
Boston is still struggling, so I had to drop them down a tier. They might, they, they could fall. Uh, I'd like to know you guys, if you guys uh, would see anybody in here. Denver Nuggets just, I mean, Memphis Grizzlies uh, just lost uh, John Morant for a little bit. So I think they're going to struggle. They did just get a win the other night without him. Um, Denver Nuggets got Jokic back, but without Jokic, they, they played horrible. Um, so they dropped a couple of tiers. Uh, 76ers, um, even with, with uh, Joel and Joel B coming back, they dropped the game. So I do see them guys moving up. The, the last two Nuggets and the 76ers are the most more likely teams to move up. Uh, Boston probably is going to stay in the rut for a little bit. But, uh, yeah, what do you guys thought on that bracket? Anybody you think should be not on this list, not on this tier? Well, I told you guys that Cleveland was going to come back down to earth. Uh, I just knew it was just a matter of time. They don't really have the the firepower on, on the bench to keep up with the rest of the league, especially with that, how tough the the, the Eastern Conference is right now. Um, Denver, man, I felt bad for Denver because they can't catch a break. Um, Michael Porter Jr., he's going to be out for the season with, with back yep. surgery. That's going to be touch on that later. that's going to be a crusher for them. Um, Memphis, is, I believe Memphis is, is is the best team out of this bracket. They just got to be more consistent and put the put the wins together uh, consistently. Um, so you think they can play well without Ja? They have a lot of young talent, and the, the culture there is, the culture there is in place. They have a nice they have a nice good talent around uh, around them. And the, the Western Conference, as tough as it is, anybody could win on any, on any given night. And they have the depth on the bench to to keep up with anybody. So that's what that's what's going to keep them in the in the long run. I don't well, think, in the race. I don't think Memphis is better than Denver when it's all said and done. Yeah, um, and also when you talk about Cleveland, um, I mean, Jared Allen's coming into his own. He finally looks like he fits on that team after getting traded to them from last season. But one big thing that we don't talk about is is Colin Sexton and his knee injury. Colin Sexton was almost like who made that Cleveland Cavaliers team go. And to lose him for the length of time that they're losing him for, I think is keeping Cleveland back a little bit. Yeah, but I think they're still young, and I think the the the, the older teams in the league is going to outplay them. I think you've seen that in the Pistons and Lakers game, even though I don't like the Lakers game being so close. And segueing into that, we got the next tier, the one down, the one up, meaning one team is going down and one team is going up. So I got the New York Knicks, the Timberwolves, the Lakers, and the Hawks. Any uh, any objections to that bracket? No, I think the Knicks are going up. Um, I think that Thibodeau is a great mind and a great coach. And if he says it's time for Kemba Walker to sit, then it's time for Kemba Walker now, to sit. Now, we're going to get into Kemba later, but just remember, <laughs> left to right, I think the Knicks are going down. Timberwolves are going to go down. I think the Lakers and the Hawks have the best chance of going up. That's that's fair. That's fair because the Lakers and Atlanta Hawks are 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 good. You know what's on their roster, whether they're struggling right now or not. I don't care. The Lakers could be struggling the way they're struggling right now a month from now. That don't mean I'm not picking the Lakers as a playoff team. That don't mean I'm not picking the Lakers to still be there when it's all said and done. Because you can't doubt Anthony Davis, you can't doubt Westbrook, and you know you can't doubt LeBron James. So, yeah, eventually the Lakers will get it together. Atlanta Hawks, they're, they're always going to be my dark horse of the East. Uh, I'm always riding with the Hawks. Trey Young is, is outstanding. Um, that coaching staff is over there. That They have the shooting power to match up with anybody with the best shooting team in the league. If they can be a little bit more better, a little bit more consistent on the defensive end, they can really be a, a team to reckon with in the, in the Eastern Conference. 
Okay, top bracket for the bottom tiers. We got fighting for a spot. We got Portland. We got the Hornets. We got the Mavs. Yes, they fell. And we got the Bucks who moved up a tier. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that bracket? Uh, well, the Mavs have been playing good. They've been they've been on the roll these these last couple games. So Luca and is, um, this is going off of when Luca didn't play two, I think two, two or three games, and they yeah. brought two of those games to the Suns. So that that was in that week, I think. Yeah, but I, but what I wanted to say was when when him and KP were on the court prior to the injury, they were starting to they were starting yeah. to mesh. They were start, things were starting I to agree. come together with those two. And prior, I did say that you might need to get rid of KP just to to get the best of uh, get the best out of Luca. But I might be changing I might be changing my mind just just off the way that they played the, their last two three games together. I think that they they might be able to to do some things in a Western Conference come playoff time. And Portland is, is still as good as Portland be. I mean, they up and down with it, but it's still free Dame until Dame is out of there. That's it. That's it. I agree with Frank completely. Um, although I feel like Frank, even though I agree with you, I think we both gonna change our minds with what you said about Dallas as soon as KP comes down with his first injury. As soon as he comes down, <laughs> as soon as he comes down with his first injury, we're gonna immediately be saying, okay, now it's time to get rid of KP again because the guy just can't stay healthy. So so far, so good. They look good. They look. They look good together. They look good Listen, together. But oh my gosh, stay healthy for one full season, please. So recap: You guys think everybody's in the place? Nobody needs to be up or down in the tier. Um, no. no. Listen, listen, listen. There's teams. If you go through all those tiers right now, like Boston Celtics, uh, 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 Atlanta Hawks, Lakers, Milwaukee Bucks, they could easily, at some point in time, in another couple weeks, be on a higher. Uh, yeah. level. because they're good teams when it's all said and done, you know. But right now, this is how they're playing, and that's why they're where they're at. Take the words right out my mouth. I agree. Now let's get into these top tiers. Now you guys gonna see some changes, a little different. But the bottom two teams of the top tiers, I got, I got LA and I got the Bulls. I got all on the team, and what I mean by that is they need every piece to move correctly for them to get there. All right, any objections? Well, we know the Clippers are a better team with Kawhi Leonard when he comes back. So when you say all pieces and they need everybody on the team, yeah, you, you definitely need everybody on the Clippers. Uh, Paul George can't do it all by himself, you know, so totally agree there. Um, in Chicago, yeah, they need all their pieces. They have all their pieces and they look good, you know, so. They dropped some um, crucial games during this week, though. Lately, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They, I won't say they came back to earth, but it slowed down a little bit. Yeah. I just said that's just think that the chemistry is starting. Um, they have to get that chemistry back up. You you can tell at times that they're a new group playing together. Everybody's still trying to figure each other out. Mm-hmm. I just think they'll be they'll be fine as as the season goes on. And then I'm I'm interested to see what the Clippers look like once um once Kawhi is back to 100 percent back to playing the way he plays. Paul George he was holding everything down, um prior to to Kawhi, so he's been back to looking like a number one option. On any given night, so hopefully let's see what they look like um, when everybody's healthy. And the Bulls, you know what? They played so good, and we've liked the way that this new team has meshed with Ball and DeRozan being with Levine and things like that. And I'll be honest with you: even if certain teams in the East get better, where they pass them in the standings, Milwaukee Bucks, maybe the Philadelphia Sixers figure out the Ben Simmons thing and they get better. And 
even if they move past Chicago Bulls, Chicago Bulls is a team to me where it's like, just get in the playoffs and you'll still be scary and dangerous. I don't care if you get in the playoffs as an eighth seed. I don't care if you get in the playoffs as a sixth seed. You do not have to be a one, two, three, or four seed and have a home game uh, uh, in, the, in, a, in a best of seven to actually be dangerous. I feel like Chicago's dangerous no matter where or who they play in the first couple rounds of the playoffs. All right, moving on to the next tier, we got all hands on deck, which is similar to the last tier. We're all on the team, but a little different because Utah is, uh, I would have thought they would have been a little bit better to, to start the season. They started good, then went through a little slump. Uh, Miami keeps dealing with injury. Hero and uh, even even last night, Hero and Butler didn't play. Washington Wizards, they're, they're still up there, but I just don't think they're better than the teams I got ahead of them. Any uh any objections on that bracket? No, I think that Washington Wizards hype is starting to die down some. That's why I got them. That's why I got them last. Yeah, that's why I got them yeah. last in the bracket. Uh, you know, Miami Heat, they always like pumping out their chest. I feel like all the time, man. And eventually, you got to start backing it up with some 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 big wins. I feel like, you know, I think they, they I, I feel like Miami wants to be like the tough guys of the East a little bit sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um. Back it up with wins, man. I mean, I'm a big Bam fan. I think Bam Adebayo is really like the best player on that team. I don't think it's Jimmy Butler, in my opinion. Um, but you know, they're, they're, they're a playoff team. You know, you know, Pete, what you said about um about the Chicago Bulls about how they don't need you don't think they need a, a home court advantage to be a right. scary or dangerous team in the playoffs. I think that's um that's opposite with the Miami Heat. I think that they're gonna need home court advantage throughout the playoffs because they're they are they they rely on their toughness um a lot more than they rely on their skill yeah that's and, fair and that's what that's what that's what bites them in the butt sometimes so i think that that team is gonna that's gonna be they're gonna be tough in the playoffs but i think they're gonna need that home court advantage if they really want to make some noise yeah, yes fair. So moving on to the next bracket the last top bracket the top three teams in the nba it's first time i got three teams in the top bracket and it's Brooklyn Nets, it's um, the Phoenix Suns, and it's Golden State Warriors, and, and it's Giants versus men, bro. These guys are kicking. I mean, Brooklyn's the, the – I would say Brooklyn's the worst team of the three. Golden State's the best team of the three. I know some people was arguing the Suns are the best team of the three because of their 16-0 run. Um, but, yeah, any objections? You guys think anybody in these three brackets should be moved around? No, I, not at all. <laughs> You know, when you had two teams up there, you know, you're putting an East team and you're putting a West team. But now where we stand right now, it is not fair to put Phoenix in Brooklyn or Golden State in Brooklyn. You got to have Golden State and Phoenix up there, too, because they the best, man. They're the best. It's not fair to say one's better than the other just because they got one more win or their winning streak is one game longer or whatever the case is, man. Golden State and Phoenix are your top two hands down in the West. If you want to say a 1A and a 1B, fine. Call them 1A, 1B. I would and say this. Brooklyn Nets is the team in the East. I would say this. If any other team in the East besides the Bucks or the Brooklyn Nets make it to the finals, Phoenix and Golden State in the Western Conference Conference finals, it will be our finals. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's yeah. gonna be a game because Phoenix can slow it. And we got two Golden State games coming up soon too. I think it's like uh, a game Golden State, a game Golden State. So 
I believe Phoenix is going to drop one of two, but I think they might could drop both those games to Golden State because Golden State is just so good at going down and then in that third quarter kicking your ass. Golden State is terrifying. Steph Curry, Jordan Poole. Yo, is the remnants of is the remnants of that of that that seventy two win team as far as the confidence that they're playing with right mm-hmm. now? They ain't going for seventy two though. They ain't going for that. that. 73, 73 yeah, they ain't going. Yeah, they're not going for that. This yeah, year. no, no, I'm Probably not saying that. They, I'm saying that they're playing with that that level of confidence that they play with without without play being in there. And I feel so bad for Clay, man. Just as a competitor, just as a as a sports guy, guy that loves to compete. Uh, I feel bad for Clay watching him on on the bench with the towel over his head and, and hearing that his teammates had to come and get him off the bench. Oh, his trainer, his trainer had passed away. Oh, that was the trainer. Yeah, his trainer, the guy who was helping him rehab had passed away. Oh man. Um, yeah, you know, and I know that he wants to get back out there. That and that that's taking a toll on him. But it's gonna be scary once they get once they get Clay back. If they get Clay back to even. 75 80% of, of the old clay, they're gonna be terrifying come playoff time. We say we say that they're not going for that record, and I don't think they're going for that record again, and I don't think they're gonna get that record again. But you know what? They write on pace for it with the two losses, right? They are <laughs> they write on pace for it. I mean, dang, two losses. They are. Well, Jeez. guys, that's the that's the NBA tears. Uh, like I said, we won't have another one until the end of the month, so. These are the tears we'll be going off from this point to then. And yeah, that's a, uh, that's a wrap for the NBA tears. Now let's get into some NBA topics. All right. Let's start off with the uh, with, with, with Pete's favorite, LeBron versus Stewart part two. That wasn't really a part two because nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, the most drama behind it is the drama leading up to it. Mm. The fact that we can talk and say, oh, this is the game coming on tonight. Can't wait to see what happens coming on at this time. Tune in, watch, watch. And then you watch and it's just a basketball game. And I didn't expect it to be any more than that. When you, when you get suspended for two games and you get suspended for one game and the guy that got suspended for two games uh, uh, really feels it in his wallet because, you know, he doesn't make as much money and he isn't a billionaire like LeBron James is. He's going to be on his best behavior the next game. He ain't trying to get suspended no more. He ain't trying to miss no more game checks. He made it perfectly clear. He thought it was done on purpose. All right, fine, fine. Let's just go out there and play ball. So as far as round two, round two just means it's round two because we're playing each other again. It doesn't necessarily mean it's round two because something's going to take place based on what happened in the first game. This is no longer uh, 80s basketball where that could happen. This is 2020s. uh, We're watered down. It's a don't hold me back type of league. I push you, you push me. It gets broken up. A whole bunch of talk and no action. So when what Stewart, happened is exactly what I thought happened. What when happened? Stewart hit uh, AD. It was accidental. Why, why AD didn't clear up? Like go after him? Like he was trying to unite? Because you know what happened. And ain't no, ain't no sense in, in being that yeah. devil. No, I know. I'm, I'm joking. But personally, myself, I think I, I'm be honest with you. You can call AD the superstar. You can call LeBron James a superstar. But if I'm stepping on a court just as a regular dude. I think I'm more scared of Isaiah Stewart than I am LeBron and AD. Yeah. He's like a scary dude, man. He really do. I, I don't want them dreads running at me them, like that full speed. That used to no. play ball in New York parks. So that's what I said when he went Jeez. off like that. It, it wasn't it wasn't fake for him. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good game. I don't think I'm gonna talk more of the game. I don't think personally. Um, 
it should have been that close of a game. They had a big we, lead. They should have kept none of lead. none of the Lakers games this season should be that close of a game. I don't think the Pistons. I you see, you, we just got done with the tears, man. You see, I got the Pistons in the last bracket. Like they're not. They're a young team. They're not a good team. They have some some sparks. I know people talk about Key Cunning. Uh, that's his name, Key Cunning. Right, Key um, Cunning. Yeah, they talk about him. He's a great talent. He looks like he's going to de- develop well in this league. But we all know he needs to get away from the Pistons. Um, <laughs> Well, that's not happening no time soon. I know, but he needs to get out of the Pistons because they're not going to be a winning team in the next 30 years. I'm sorry. Listen, Um, Detroit playing them so tough, let me just say real quick, is right, like, even though no drama took place in that game, you still were fired up and pumped up to play the Lakers again after what happened, especially knowing that after that whole situation took place, you guys blew the lead and the Lakers actually came back and beat you. So I mean, you know, they shouldn't. That, that, see, that's my problem. I don't care that the the Pistons blew the league because the Pistons are not a good team, right? They should have never it, had that's, the lead, that's and the that's whole, my problem. That's, that's my what problem I'm with saying. the Lakers is like the Lakers God, play really? terrible defense. I don't know what they're ranked in defense because I didn't know we was gonna go here in the conversation. But they're they're terrible in defense. They allow the worst teams in the NBA to put up head. a lot of points on them. So, and that's so not a championship team. I don't care if you have LeBron on it or not. They so need here's to work those right things out in the season. So when a playoff come, they're not dealing with this. So here's something right now, right? I'll use the Nets as an example too, right? I watch all the Nets games, okay? We play the bad teams in closer games than we do the good teams, okay? That's because y'all play down to y'all competition too. And that's another thing I don't like about the Nets either because y'all But here's the thing. When you, have, when you have a target on your back every night because we know across the floor, we're going against LeBron James. Across the floor, we're going against Kevin Durant. Teams even not not being that good come out with a little extra whatever. No, and I agree then. Because they want to beat this good team. We could have the worst record in the NBA, but we want to still say one of our wins came against LeBron. One of our wins came against KD. But see, I get that, but I'm I'm not taking that stance. I'm taking the stance that LeBron and KD supposed to know them teams are coming out like that, and they're supposed to have the extra, okay, you want to go? Let's go. And they're supposed to light it the fuck up. Like, that's what people expect these superstars like LeBron, Katie, and Steph to do. Steph has proven that. Steph is not going into these places this year and be like, oh, I'm going to take this team lightly. No, they're, they're struggling in that, in that first half, and then they're kicking ass in the second half. Well, one thing I mentioned, though, is I only mentioned a person's name from each one of those teams. In those teams where you're saying they should be ready, let's go, let's go. They're actually still pulling up numbers. LeBron is still putting up good no, numbers. No, I agree. He's still putting up good numbers. But in it game. should be a, it's a supporting cast. No, it's I agree. Cast. I agree. And I told we talked about this. I, I don't know if it was last episode, but I think it was one of the episodes. Maybe Frank when we talked about Lamarcus Aldridge when the Nets played Golden State. Lamarcus Aldridge struggled in that game. He's a big vital part to their scoring load. James Harden. I watched the uh, Suns Nets game. James Harden struggled. I mean, struggled. He went no, one James for seven. Is not I think in the third quarter. Like he you're struggles. Just starting I get what you're saying about the the supporting cast, but I'm just saying when we're looking at superstars like LeBron and and KD, they supposed to go out here and pump their team up and make sure the team's doing what they're not. And if they're not, you go into the motherfucking bench and we gonna get somebody in here that can because this is just because this team's at the bottom don't mean we need to come in here and lose these games. And I well, think that's the problem with top teams is like they go against these players, these these lower teams, and they're like, oh, we can take the night off. And then it's like at in the after all star, now y'all want to start fighting for seeding when you can start fighting, in my opinion, 
for seeding in the start in the beginning of the season. Look, we're gonna win all the games we're supposed to win. Our tough games and our tight games are supposed to be against the good teams. Not blow the good. Well, I mean, if you could blow a good team out, then do that. Then that's great. But you're supposed to be blowing these bad teams out. And the Pistons are a very young team. They're one of the youngest teams in the NBA. Well, the problem just... is for the Lakers, I believe. I'm part of Pete. The problem for the Lakers is we don't have any type of dogs on the defensive end. We don't have any dogs on our team, period. Russell Westbrook was brought in to be that dog-type player. He's more like a, a bull in a glass shop. He he's 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 not that he's not that guy and his turnovers, his turnovers and his 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 bad fouls are demoralizing to the to the players. You got to look at you got to look at players' body language of turnovers and not just I don't just want to single out Russ, just just anybody from the Malik Monks to the the THTs to to LeBron himself. When those guys turn the ball over, you can see you can just look at our body language. Guys start shrugging their shoulders. They're late good. getting back on transition. That that stuff factors in. Also, um, Frank Vogel has to go. <laughs> Somebody that's supposed to be a, a defensive guy, a defensive mind. I don't think he coach. has the pieces, though. I don't think he has the pieces to play good defense. We well, we, we have the pieces. LeBron, see, the we, thing is with LeBron is not to cut you off, Frank. But the thing with LeBron is LeBron needs shooters around him. The best shooters in the game, those best role player shooters, most of them don't play good defense. And that's that's what that's what I was saying. That goes into into me saying that we don't have enough dogs on our team. Mm-hmm. Pete, real quick, real quick, I just want to throw out, I just want to throw out a trade scenario, real quick. Oh, I just want, I just want, real quick, I just want you to what, tell me what you think about this. Um, Russ, and maybe uh, another complimentary piece for a Marcus Smart and a complimentary piece. Do you think Russ would fit on, you think Russ would fit with, with, with that Boston Celtics team? You should ask me that, I'm the Boston fan. No, nah, I, I, nah, I know. Ahead, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 I forgot, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead, Pete. My fault. You said Russ for Marcus Smart and who else? Russ and, and just a, a complimentary piece. Uh, not 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 a big piece. I don't not a THT or Malik Monk. Maybe you can throw in uh, Trevor Reese. Throw a Trevor Reese. He hasn't played yet. I mean, do you think that trade? The honest, that trade the honest makes sense? I think Marcus Smart, you know, and and Russell Westbrook almost could be like a one for one. I think they're both really good players. You might not even have to give no extra to go along with it. Um, no, I'm saying, do you think mad. that trade scenario makes sense? That's no, something that it makes does sense. Not. You guys are mad. I, Russell, yeah. <laughs> what you mean? Like, what? You guys are mad. Well, yeah, the, the, you're gonna the, put the, another the, dominant the, ball the, the handler Celtics on the Celtics with two dominant ball handers that didn't work with Kyrie and it didn't work with Kemba. Why would we then go get Russ? Makes no sense because Russ can do, Russ can do stuff that Kyrie can't do. Russ no, can get bro. his own shot. Yeah, he can rebound, but that's great. But he's gonna clog the lane up like he does with every every other team. Come on, bro. We already have Jay, we already have Jalen Brown going to the paint. We have Tatum trying to get to the paint. We got Smarter Smart trying to get to the paint. We got right, Al so Holford trying to get to the paint. We got everybody trying to get to the damn paint. And now <laughs> so what do you think? we're gonna come along and be like, look, what do you think? Let me get to the paint. But what are you? But what are you getting out of Marcus Smart that you would be holding on defense to? Defense and leadership. Defense, defense and leadership. But, that goes but, a long but, way. But Tatum, but Tatum and Jalen, but Tatum and Jalen Brown could be those defensive guys. They, they're they, no, they, they're not. Players. They're not showing it. No, Marcus Smart is there to teach Jalen and and Tatum the ropes. He's been there long enough. He's a little bit and they've been in the league a little bit longer with them that he can show them like 
Like he said it in that his when time he might be called him out. Celtics. No, I, think I, he, I don't think they would have re-signed him if they didn't think he was a vital piece there. Unless we get in some overload of a of a player like Lamelo La, 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 La or something like that, then yeah, I can see his trading smart to make the room for him. But to get a Russell Westbrook this late in his career with the type of player Russell is, he does not fit with Jalen and and JT. He doesn't. Well, that makes it literally makes no sense. Well, let me say this real quick, no. right? Um, Russell late in his career. I mean, I still think Russell is still playing out of his mind. I mean, he can no, still. No, I'm not taking that away from him, but. We don't see this all star at this level. No, and I agree. So, at, at the detriment of Tatum and Brown, is what I'm saying. Let me touch on something real quick that you both mentioned, right? Um, just to take it back like a minute or two. You had, uh, Troy, you had mentioned the thing about like LaMarcus Aldridge not contributing in that Golden State game. I had mentioned before when we talked about that a couple episodes, a few episodes ago, whatever it was, for whatever reason, LaMarcus Aldridge did not play the first half of that game. He did not come into the third quarter, which was confusing, and I don't know why. They never talked about it in the press conference. Was he hurt? Was he uh, on punishment? Was he? Did he show up late to practice? I don't know why Lamarcus Aldridge didn't play in that game. I just moved past it at this point, but that was still confusing too. Do you think the guys that's smart, though? Do you think that's smart to punish a guy in a basketball no. game that you need to win? No. I, so, like I said, I don't even think it's a punishment. I just don't know what it was that he did not come in. And as we see, he's now moved to the starting lineup. So they know how valuable he is and how he's much better he's been playing than Blake yes, Griffin. He got those blood now, figured out. Thank God. Right. And now he's like, look, I didn't I didn't show this in San Antonio, but I left it for this. Now, let me touch on something real quick that Frank had mentioned. Right. You were talking about the Lakers not having these defensive guys and things like that. Right. Well, Anthony Davis is a defensive player of the year. If he's not being a defensive dog on that team, somebody go talk to him. OK, then number two. Right. Avery Bradley is on that team because Avery Bradley's entire career, he's been known as an amazing on-ball defender. He is able to lock but down you your top point guards and top shooting guards in the league. So I feel like, and LeBron plays great defense. So I feel, and Westbrook plays great defense. So I feel like the fact that you guys aren't being these defensive dogs, and Frank, you'd know better than we would because you are a Laker fan. Um, Somebody come and talk to these boys because LeBron all throughout his career has been saying, I want to be known as a, a defensive stopper. And I want to be defensive first team all time, you know, all, all, you know, at the end of every season. And I want to one day if possible, win a defensive player of the year. And you got these chase down blocks and different things that you do or whatever. You guys have guys on this team that have been known for playing good defense. So the fact that you guys are not being called by one of your biggest fans in Frank, a defensive dog team, Something's with that. And maybe it has to do with Frank Vogel. I complained earlier. Frank Vogel, you're running a play with six seconds on the clock and a tie game for LeBron to shoot a three-pointer. Makes no sense. So Frank Vogel and some of his decision-making, maybe that could be a shakeup that uh, 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 the Lakers need to make them play better. The Sacramento Kings got rid of their coach and they're playing better right now. And let's be real. That's LeBron's team. LeBron's the coach. He's the best player. He's the captain. He's the GM. He's everything for that franchise. So to be honest with you, if there is something going on with Frank Vogel right now, just snap your fingers, LeBron. The guy's out the door. <laughs> right, let's let's yeah, move it LeBron over. Needs that he can that he can respect, that he can defer to in those type of situations, in a six-second situation, he, he can defer to his coach to come up with the right play, to come up uh, for the for the right shot for those guys. And my thing with AD is AD stats are starting to become reminiscent to the early years of, of Kevin Love in, in, in Minnesota, where he's putting up all of these big numbers, these nice numbers, but they don't really impact the game. When you look like a, when, when you look at a guy like Giannis, 
Giannis blocks and his fills and his, his effort on the defensive end, it impacts the game. AD is not impact. AD has, has the numbers, but the, he don't have the impact on the game. That's my deal with AD. This is why he's, I can't consider him a top five player right now in the league. It's because he doesn't play with that dog. He doesn't play with that attitude. He's, he's starting to become a little jump shot Joe. He's, he's, he likes to fade. He likes to fade now. He likes to just uh, fade out into the three-point line to shoot that corner three or, or that wing three-pointer. And, and that's, not, that's not the AD that we traded for. We traded for the dominant AD, the AD that was averaging 26 and 12 in, in New Orleans the, the year before we traded for him. And that's that's not what we're getting out of AD. Well, anybody that joins Avery, the team, Avery Bradley hasn't been hasn't been 100 healthy the whole year, so I can't ex- I can't expect him and and at 33 years old to be that same defensive stopper that he was that he was thought of when he was over there in, in Boston with with those guys. So, anybody that joins a team with LeBron James, your numbers are going to go down. Yeah, the, the, the numbers here, the numbers go the numbers go down. But if you look at it, once AD came. The LeBron has has somewhat deferred on on the rebound end to uh, to rely on other guys, and he now he's more so focused on on his assists. He was he was focused on more on average averaging a double digit assist. That's not the case no more. Now he's he's at that. Now he's back to the point where he has to go put up those big numbers. He has to go out and get somewhat of a triple double or get those those thirty nine and nine type games on a regular basis because AD is now pulling his weight. We right. can't keep relying on these 22-point, 23-point games where he's, he's taking 18 shots to get 22, 24 points. That's not going to cut it. That's not the 80 that we need. Yeah, I agree. 80 got to do – he got to play better. Uh, I was trying to stop you guys, but you guys are making some good points. I'll let it ride. Yeah, my fault. Uh, no, nah, it's all good. Do your thing. Do your thing. I, just, I, I, I get emotional when I talk later. No, nah, let's sport. talk. Let's get emotional. So let's let's hop over to some injuries real quick. We got the Nuggets, uh, Michael Porter Jr. out for the season with back surgery. And then we got Joe Harris from the Nets, which was two just two injuries that stand out to me. Ankle surgery out four to eight weeks. What are you guys' thoughts on? Uh... Um, uh, you know, me being a big Nets fan or whatever, and I know how good of a shooter Joe Harris is. He's like a top three three-point shooter in this league, hands down, in my opinion. But guess what? Patty Mills has been filling in in that starting role pretty darn well, Okay. There was one night he had nine three-pointers. Another night he had six three-pointers. Patty Mills has been filling in unbelievably for Joe Harris. Go ahead, Joy. Did you guys not just get smashed by the Suns? <laughs> okay, so, so now Joe what? Harris? Really wait, wait, wait. You said without Joe Harris? Yeah. So that means Patty Mills hasn't been filling in well? because we No, I actually Suns? like Patty Mills. I'm, I'm, I'm messing with you. I actually, oh. I actually, actually have down in my notes. Somebody said on a, on a podcast I watched. That oh, nobody, yeah, we, nobody can have. I don't think. I, I think I said this to you in the second episode, in the first episode you was on. I think I said somebody on another podcast I watched said that nobody can have the impact off the bench like Derrick Rose, and I said it was Patty Mills. Patty Mills can have that same impact. Well, Patty Mills has been inserted into the starting lineup. It's very nice when you lose a guy in your starting lineup. The guy that you want to replace him with is someone that has similar game to that person, so it doesn't feel like you're yeah, missing that person so well out at, of the lineup. And Patty Mills is shooting the ball lights out from three right now. Um, shoot, percentage-wise, he's our best three-point shooter right now as it stands on the Nets. So um, he's been filling in great for Joe Harris. He's a little undersized. He's not as big as Joe is or whatever, but um, he can bring the ball up, and he's shooting just as well. So honestly, I don't even feel like us not having Joe Harris 
has even affected us that much. We've been able to kind of still roll with the punches because of how well Patty Mills has filled in shooting the ball from three. Yeah, Patty definitely been holding you guys down. Um, he's a vet. I mean, coming from Pop, and those that's what you expect coming from that type of pedigree of coaching. Said, but I think that that Michael Porter being out for the rest of the year is really going to hurt the Nuggets, and it's really going to hurt them in the playoffs. They're going to have to try to find a, a replacement for that guy. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask the question: he, which one was a bigger score? Loss. He can defend. He can match up with bigs. He can, he can match up with the guards on pick and rolls. And, and it just sucks because he was he was injury prone coming out of college, and he was a he was a special talent over there in Colorado. Then and it just it just it just sucks for him. I feel bad for the boy for the guy. Yeah, I was gonna ask who was the bigger the bigger loss because I think Porter is gonna be the the bigger loss. Porter's because, gonna be the bigger loss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Porter is gonna be the bigger loss, and that shit hurt. that yeah. hurts. Uh, we're gonna move he, on. people forget how people forget how big Porter is too, bro. Porter yeah. is a big. Dude, he's supposed bro. to be like he a you score know, ball. He, he, can, like, he, he can score. Man. I heard some people like like uh, compare him like a KD. He got that. He got that shooting potential, man. He's he just injury prone. He came out of college with a back injury, and that's what a back injury. Through, so. He dropped in the draft because of that. Yeah. Yep. So uh, just want to point out some streaks. Uh, Bucks are on the seven game. Golden State on the seven game, and Suns on the six game winning streak. Um, so moving on to football, before we get to our wins and losses for the week, let's talk about a couple of hot topics. One from, let's start with the game from last night. So I'm going to start, I want GK to start this off because GK is the man that, you know, has brung up in previous episodes, as you know, Uncle Frank, that, uh, people keep calling out the Browns and we had another father call out the Browns. So Pete, explain that situation to us. Yeah. Um, Kareem Hunt's dad came out, man, and, uh, said a couple things. I thought what was really funny about it was, I, I don't have to quote exactly the word for word what he said, but I thought it was funny. He was like, and I don't want nobody thinking that I'm picking on Baker or I'm calling Baker out. Well, that's kind of what you're doing. If I guess uh, GK was here, he would say it was Baker's arm. Shout out GK. So, I mean, if, if, I mean, uh, uh, Kareem Hunt's dad can sugarcoat it any way he wants to sugarcoat it to make it seem like he's not pulling what Odell Beckham's dad did or something like that. There's really no difference. Only difference is you didn't put film out there of people watching uh, uh, Kareem Hunt not getting the ball. Like Odell Beckham put film, Odell Beckham's dad put out film showing how his son wasn't getting the ball. Other than that, the words still all mean the same thing. Baker ain't getting the job done, okay? That's all it means, okay? Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, and enough of this Baker stuff too, with the injury stuff too, man. If the man is injured, just bench him. You got Case Keenum over there who has been a starter. He played good with the Minnesota Vikings. He got a big contract with the Denver Broncos. It didn't work out, but he's still probably, you could say a very top backup to have on your bench. A lot of teams second string coming off their bench. Isn't probably as good as Case Keenum. So, I mean, play Case Keenum. Get some wins. You guys are trying to make the playoffs right now, okay? If Baker's your best option and he's the best player on your team, let Case Keenum get you a couple wins because he's healthy, and then let Baker come back and play. I heard St uh, uh, Kevin Stefanski said the other day, and, like, he looked at the reporter when the reporter asked him, like, he said, why would you say that? Of course I'm playing Baker. Well, Baker ain't been playing good, and he's complaining about this injury, so rethink it. Rethink it. So, uh, so uh, Frank, Frank, um, talk to me. Talk Talk about Lamar's four interceptions and still winning a game last night and how Delonte Freeman 
had more rushing yards than both Kareem Hub and Chubb put together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, Lamar, that that was an uncharacteristic game as far as the the four picks. Like, I definitely didn't expect him to throw four picks, even though uh, that that Browns team is has a, a stunning defense and they defensive line really can get after you. Uh, Garrett sack, um, Garrett, um, Miles Garrett with a, with another sack last night, but or the the night before. But Lamar found ways to stay in the game, having 17 rushes for 68 yards, still manages to, to use his legs and be effective in the game, getting Mark Andrews the ball. He had four receptions for 65 yards and a touchdown. So they they managed to stay. The defense kept him in it. And even with the four picks, he, he managed to, to use his legs to to keep plays alive. And that's, what, that's all you can ask for in a game like that when you throw four picks. Just try to maintain and keep them in position and, Baker didn't do anything on the offensive end. Uh, Jarvis Landry had a big game with the six receptions with the 111 yards. But outside of him, nobody else on the Browns had a good game offensively. Everybody was asleep. The, the offensive line is really banged up. They, they lost Jack Conklin, an all-pro uh, right tackle. So that's going to that's gonna bring some struggle to the, to the run game. Kareem Hunt, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what type of game he was having. He had seven touches for 20 yards. I mean, His first game back off the injury. It is, but I mean, I don't. What about Chubb? Chubb hurt too. Everybody hurt. Everybody injured. Well, listen. As far as Lamar Jackson concerned, everybody sees the four interceptions. But how many sacks did Lamar Jackson avoid? Jadavian Clowney and 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 Miles Garrett was all over that boy, and they could not so bring him down. I mean, he just scrambled, ducked under, got away. I mean. Ooh, they could have had a lot of sacks. His ability to keep plays alive is is amazing. It's, it's right up there with the Aaron Rodgers and with the, the ability to escape escape the pocket when it when it's crashing down on them and still be able to look up the field and make a play or make a play with your arm or with your legs. That, ben Roethlisberger used to be really good at that. Big, yeah, ben, big ben too. Really good at that. Wasn't the fastest guy in the world, sad. but in the pocket, you could not bring that man down. Yes, could sir. Not bring him in the pocket. All right, we're going to move on to some NFL wins and losses for the week. You know, we're going to close it out with wins and losses. All right, so we kind of touched on, uh, Frank, we kind of touched on the Chicago, Vegas, and Buffalo game in our last episode. So if you just want to briefly just tell us who you picked in those yeah, Chicago, Vegas, and who? Uh, Chicago versus Detroit, Vegas versus Dallas, and Buffalo. The Thanksgiving games. Who did you have in those uh, games? Um, uh, I watched that. I watched that that Cowboys game every second of the Cowboys game with with the utmost joy. Um, I, I love it when when the Cowboys when Cowboys fans have a, have a miserable Thanksgiving. Um, uh, that that really set my day off. Um, I didn't really get to see. I didn't watch too much of the first game, and I didn't really watch too much of the Lions game. So I can't really give you. Too, I mean, other other. The Bills game, so I, I can't really give you too much. What did you have in them? Did you have uh, Chicago I winning? Bills winning. I had the Bills winning, and I and I definitely thought that the um the Lions will upset the up, upset the Bears. And what about um, Vegas versus credit, Dallas? Credit, yeah, credit to the Bears for for pulling out that pulling out that W to them. So, and then um, what about um Vegas versus Dallas? Who you had in that game? I thought Vegas, I thought the Cowboys was going to bounce back and uh, have a, have a big game against them, but. I did too. So. Uh, 
I, I, Las Vegas showed that they still got some fight left in them, man. You feel mm. me? Even with all of the stuff, all of the distractions that they had going on without within the, the organization, they still managed to find ways to to keep. And the officiating was horrible. It was a horrible officiating. I mean, it's just been it's it's slick been horrible officiating throughout the league all year. Like this, more and more, you find these referees uh, trying to put their imprint their imprint on the game. I know the the Cowboys had that one uh, cornerback who was just getting torched all night for, for oh, with the big pass interference the four passes interference he had four of them. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, was, that really cost him especially on that on that last drive that, that gave that put them in position to, to cap the game off but me and troy yeah. talked about that in the last episode we but we still thought it was pass interference yeah, yeah, yeah. it's definitely pass interference because he didn't yeah, look absolutely. around he didn't see where the ball was and he touched the he touched the wide receiver before the ball got there but let's move on to Sunday games. Um, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. I took Cincinnati. Yeah, I um, I I said I picked Pittsburgh. I said I thought Pittsburgh was going to get tough with them, and I couldn't have been even more wrong. That was a blowout, man. They got spanked, man. Patches oh, on the back. That was just like that. Might have been the game to say, okay, Ben, finish out this season and go hang on. up. Go hang on. <laughs> That is, uh, yep. I mean, that is, if there was any game that was like the defining moment to say this is it, Ben, great career, but this is it, brother. It ain't worth it getting beat up okay? <laughs> and tackled and sacked and hurt and all. Give it up. The other guys that were part of your draft class have already hung it up. Philip Rivers, Eli Manning. It's your turn now. Everybody can't be Tom Brady and play to their forty-five years old, bro. And there's nothing wrong with that. Go spend your money, enjoy retirement. It's time to time to hang it up. I know Mac Jones get a lot of hype, but everybody needs to start talking about this guy, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is holding everything down. I told you guys that those are my dark horses for that, that division. Um, as long as Joe Burrow keep playing with confidence, man, if he can limit his turnovers and that'll, that'll increase his impact on the game, man. I just think, I just really love this, the Cincinnati Bengals team. I think that they're going to win this, uh, this AFC North when it's all said and done. Yeah, so then we got Tampa versus Indianapolis, and I took Tampa. I took Tampa too, but I said that watch out for Indianapolis because I knew they were playing good these last few weeks. Carson Wentz, the defense, the offensive line, Jonathan Taylor. And it's crazy because it wasn't even Brady that won in that game. It was Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette had four touchdowns, man. Thank you, Leonard, Leonard on my Fournette fantasy team. Went off. If you if you looked at the game before and you said Let's talk about a running back. It wasn't Leonard Fournette's name you were going to say. It would have been Jonathan Taylor. So Leonard Fournette came out of nowhere. He bailed Tampa Bay out, and they got a huge win against a team that was on the up and coming. Carson Wentz, man, he was the reason. He's the reason why they lost this game, point blank. Period. With the two interceptions and the one fumble loss, I mean his 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 his, his turnovers, man, really put them in a hole, man. It, it really put them behind. They they definitely had a chance to to come back and and. And beat those uh and beat the Bucks, but they had a tempo. They blew a ten point a ten point lead at the half. And it just all and Tom Brady was just perfect on the on the last drive, going five for five, setting them up for that game winning um that game winning run. So and so like Frank, you said, you made, Leonard Fournette. Hmm? No, I was gonna say you made a good point with something. I was gonna say the, the the lead. They actually were up fourteen at one point. And what's crazy is Frank Reich, the head coach of Indianapolis, for whatever reason, with a fourteen point lead. And the fact that you got Jonathan Taylor, who just came off a five rushing touchdown game, they threw the ball 26 times in a row with That's a 14-point lead. 
Why are you throwing the ball 26 <laughs> times in a row with a 14-point lead? You're not the team trying to come back where you need to throw the ball. You should be now slowing the game down and using your rushing attack. So the play calling was, I don't even, I, 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 I almost nothing say good comes. Nothing good can yeah. come out of Carson Wentz throwing the ball 44 times. Yeah. Nothing, nothing on, good man. can come out of it. Not when you got the, the I mean, the best running back outside of Derrick Henry in the NFL right now. With Jonathan exactly. Taylor, he had sixteen rush. He had sixteen rushes for eighty-three yards and a touchdown. You you take some of those. You take some of those passes away from those passing attempts away from Carson uh, Carson Wentz and give them to Jonathan Taylor. Let him get a hundred yards. Let him try to win you the game. You win the game like how the how the Tampa Bay won the game on the ground. And, and Leonard Fournette has seventeen has seventeen rushes, a hundred yards, with seven receptions, two out of the backfield for thirty-one yards. That was big on them too. Gronk, Gronk, he didn't have a touchdown, but he still managed to get them big yards and big plays. So I, I put this all on, on at the feet of Carson Wentz and, and the coaching. That's yeah. what it came down to. Gronk, Gronk also went seven receptions for 123 yards. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. Uh, Carolina, Miami. I took Carolina thinking not, thinking yeah. not of Cam Newton being benched for going seven for whatever it was and throwing two interceptions. Five for 21. Woo. Um, guys, we get we keep forgetting, man. Cam Newton has been out for quite a while. His first couple games, he was playing with a lot of energy. Um, the first game, as we know, he didn't play the whole game. The second game was his return to Carolina. He was extra amped and pumped for that, and they actually still lost that game to Washington. Um, so now Washington I feel now, yeah, now now you see the rust setting in, and you also see the impact of not having a healthy Christian McCaffrey on your team to bail you out. Um, yeah, happy for Cam that he got his job back. Happy to see him back with Carolina, his original franchise. But um, I don't see Carolina trending in the right direction the rest of the season, to be honest with you. Carolina going to be in real trouble, man, at the, at the quarterback position. Because if Cam is not the option, I mean, Cam is not the answer. P.J. Walker definitely isn't the answer. He was 5 for 10, and he threw a pick with four sacks. And, and his first um and and coming in for Cam. So that wasn't any that wasn't too much better. Uh Cam has to do better. He, he's never been a great passer, never been a great decision maker. But uh and they needed they absolutely need a healthy C Mac to go forward. Well, he's supposed so. to be out for the rest of the season. So I can't I don't see I don't see how how Carolina could come up out of this hole. If Tua has definitely been playing better. Definitely been playing with more confidence, throwing the ball with more confidence. He did have the one fumble, but he did go 27 for 31, 230 yards and a touchdown. Jalen uh, Waddle. Jalen Waddle, nine receptions, 137 yards and a touchdown. He played great. Uh, they went score. Uh, the, the Carolina, they just couldn't put up anything in the, in the second half. They were scoreless in the second half. They were, it was 21. They was 21-10 at the half, and then they just couldn't get any momentum going. Just those those interceptions that came through was just. Listen, when you're you got to start worrying. Say, some man. Point, you got to start worrying some point about the fact that now it's two seasons in a row. Christian McCaffrey has ended the season on the IR. Um, yeah, when your team is completely built and dependent on him the way they have been in the past, he's their entire offense. And if he's missing the last five, six, seven games of a season, two years in a row, you got to start questioning his durability. Um, yeah, and as far as Waddle's concerned with Miami, Waddle, Jamar Chase, and uh, Justin Jefferson, I mean, these are going to be the three wide receivers going forward when some of your older wide receivers start to fade a little bit. These are your guys that are like, woo, going to be big time. 
big time, man. And it's nice to see that they're big time wide receivers that are on teams that aren't necessarily big time teams. Cincinnati's up and coming. Miami's up and coming. You know, they're not all like just superstar teams. So that's good to see, man. They got some good. That shows you that these teams did the right thing when they had their draft picks. All right. And Tua isn't holding the ball. I'm, I'm not to cut you off. I'm sorry. Okay. Tua, Tua also, he's getting the ball out quicker and he's letting his receivers do the job. He's letting his receivers make the plays. That's what I like about Tua. Earlier on in the, in the season, he got, he was, it was, it's like that's, I don't, I guess all of the sophomore quarterbacks, they, they get into this, and even the rookie quarterbacks, they get into a habit of holding the ball longer than they're supposed to. But now he's been getting the ball out quicker and letting his receivers make the plays down the field. And I, I really have a lot of confidence in the, in the Dolphins going forward. In Tua's defense, remember, too, Tua missed the first part of last season. His rookie season mm-hmm. did not play the first, I don't even know how many games. So Tua is still probably now, finally, played a full season's worth of football if you count the games he played last season. I think Tua's yep. going to be fine. I really do. All right, moving on to the New England and Tennessee game. I took New England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't seen Frank's bathrobe. We ain't seen Frank's bathrobe in a while, man. Yeah. <laughs> he burned it. He put it in the wrong burn yeah. fire. He burned it. It's, in, it's definitely in the closet right now until we get this next win. He put it in the plastic wrap and all of it. He put it, yeah. he put it up, tied the bottom of it. He put it away for good. He put it away for oh. good. But if you let me say, in 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 the defense of the Titans, what oh. I would say is, early on, early on that game was a lot closer than it should have been with the guys that we had and the and the guys that we had out. We left four points on the board with uh, with our field goal kicker with missing the extra point and then missing a, a chip yard from um from the thirty something. That really put us behind. We went into the half down sixteen to three. Uh, we were running the ball effectively. Uh, Hillier, uh, Ike Hillier coming in, having a good game, having a 100-yard game. He had a big fumble. Uh, he, I mean, uh, he had a big fumble uh, turnover. Uh, Tannehill is getting out of control with these with these interceptions, especially in the red zone. This is where you see the effect of not having Derrick Henry where you could just pound that ball in. Now he's actually having to make decisions and and throw into tighter windows on, on the goal line, and it, it is really, it's really been backfiring on us. Um, our defense, we, we have a bend but don't break type of defense. We was out our two starting inside linebackers, but we still held them down. We still managed to hold them to, to field goals in the, in the earlier half of the game. Mac Jones is just he's, – he's phenomenal, man. His, his pocket presence is, is amazing. And even with that being said, we still managed to keep them to, to field goals. It's just our turnovers put us in bad positions, and, and that's what it really came down to. We can't expect to go into – to Foxborough, especially, and have four turnovers as a team and a couple a couple missed field goals, and expect to beat a team that's that's steaming hot going into the playoff. So credit to the Patriots, man. They did what they were supposed to do. The only way to overcome losing someone of the magnitude and the caliber of, say, a Christian McCaffrey or a Derrick Henry, is your offense has to be a balanced offense. And those are two teams that rely heavy on those two players. I'm not saying that Tennessee doesn't have A.J. Brown, who's a great wide receiver. I'm not saying that Tannehill isn't a solid quarterback in the league, but you still rely a lot on Derrick Henry. I would even say 75% of your offense is all about Derrick Henry. 75% of Carolina's offense is all about Christian McCaffrey. And when you lose two guys like that, that's when it's like, do my offense have enough balance to sustain losing guys like that? And it's going to be tough. 
I won't really talk about Carolina as much because they're not a playoff team regardless. Tennessee could still make the playoffs, but you can't overcome losing somebody like that when you don't have balance throughout your entire offense. And that's All just right. the all right, moving on to my favorite game of the night, Giants versus Philly. I picked the Giants <laughs> to win. And somehow we got it done. Good Every time against the Giants, who are my favorite team, they always win. Um, you know, I think part of me picking against them isn't just because I think Philly's a better football team, but it just makes sense for the Giants to lose games if they want to get a good draft pick. But you know what? The Giants came out there. They won the doggone game. Um a very low-scoring game. Offenses didn't do much, but the defense did their thing, and I respect that, Giants. I respect that you're still playing hard, and you're not saying, you know what, we're moving ahead to next season for draft picks. You're still focused one game at a time this season, and with Dallas losing, I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen. We in the playoff hunt. We are yeah. in the playoff hunt. We're in that it bracket. It would have helped a lot if Washington had a loss last night. That would have helped. Yeah, Washington but, is on the road yeah, down, yeah. down the stretch. The tail of the tape came down to Jalen Hurts and the two Jalens, Jalen Hurts and Jalen Regal. I mean, those two guys really cost them cost Philly the game. I mean, they still had a chance to they still had a chance to win it in the final moments with, with Jalen Rieger dropping up. Just completely, I don't understand how the ball went right through his hands. He he wasn't hit on the play. It went right through his hands on the goal line. That could have won him the game. But Jalen Hurts struggled throwing the deep ball. He had two of his picks came when he threw the deep pass. I mean, two of his three picks came from when he threw the three the deep pass. He went uh, 14 for 31 with 129 yards. However, he did he did use his legs and he did make plays with his legs. Going eight rushes for 77 yards. They got to incorporate um, him using his legs a lot more into their offense. Absolutely. Uh, Daniel Jones, his, his pocket presence was great yesterday. I actually, I actually, uh, or the day before, I actually got a chance to, to really sit back and watch that game. His presence in the pocket was was really nice, man. He, he went 19 for 30 with 202 yards with one touchdown, and he had nine rushes, 30 yards. But he, he what he did, what he didn't do was turn the ball over. I, I got to give him credit for that. It's good to see Saquon Barkley out there. He had one big run out there. Um, yeah, hopefully he can stay healthy, man. Give them some momentum going into the playoffs. Uh, maybe I mean, who knows? You know, uh, Dallas lose a, a game or two go, uh, going forward. The Giants or the Giants win a couple. You might guys might be in a race for the, the NFC East. It's not everything is not lost yet. The key, the key is the division games. That's the key. Mm -hmm. It's not even about the games you play outside of the division. Cowboys it's, got two left against Washington too. Yep, it's yep. how well you play the teams left in your division, man. Mm -hmm. um, you can't lose the division games. You can't. Whoever whoever pretty much has the best division record from here to the end of the season is going to be the winner of the NFC East, plain and simple. Because I don't see anybody from that division making a wild card. I don't. Even with the extra wild card, I feel like it's a long shot to be rooting or hoping for the wild card. Yeah. We got to win a division because nobody in this division has enough wins to uh, 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 be able to say I can get a wild card spot. So, yeah. So now we're moving on to the Atlanta versus Jacksonville game. And for some reason, I picked Atlanta. I picked Atlanta, too. I thought that was a good pick. I don't trust Jacksonville's offense at all. I don't. Atlanta's too streaky. They're not consistent. But I don't trust Jacksonville's offense. I don't. I mean, I went Jacksonville, but I I went Jacksonville. I don't think that um, – I just think that they got to be a little bit more creative with their play call – with their play calling for Trevor Lawrence, man. Just get that guy out of the pocket. Let him make, let him start to make plays out of the pocket. He got a little momentum going, going 20, uh, 23 for 42 with 228. 
a touchdown and a pick. And he only got sacked one time, you know, so they, they had somewhat of a, of a good rushing game. Cordell Patterson was the, was the star of that game, going uh, 16 what rushes else? for 108 yards and two touchdowns. That was the reason, man. I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. Matt Ryan didn't play great. He played 19 for 29, 190 with a touchdown and a pick. So, I mean, it, it really Cordell. came down to the run game at the end. Cordell Patterson was the was the key. Yeah. He missed the week before that uh, with the injury. Mm-hmm. And you would have never thought he missed the week before because he slid right he into where he left off. off. He went off yesterday. I saw that in fantasy. Yeah, and the Jack played on this Comeback player of the year, Cordell Patterson, man. Cordell Patterson, comeback player of the year. He, he, I, I, nobody, come on. The offense that this guy, he's their whole team. He's their whole team offensively. Whether he's lined up as a wide receiver, he's in the backfield, uh, he's getting into rounds, whatever. Cordell Patterson is their whole team. I don't know why it took the guy seven, eight seasons to be in the NFL before a team realized how to use the man. He's good. And they have, and the, the Falcons have to find a better way to get Kyle Pitts involved in the game, man. He can't yeah. go, he can't go yeah. these games where he only has two receptions. I mean, I, I know he has six targets, but some of those targets were just way off when, when Matt Ryan was throwing to him. That's that's by far your best offensive weapon right now. You got fought, you gotta find ways to get that guy involved. Third six targets isn't even enough when you don't have Calvin Ridley out there. Exactly. There should be more targets to go to Kyle Pitts. I can nah, agree, I, I felt bad for him. You can see his body language during the game whenever he got the ball got overthrown or he just got overlooked. It's starting to take a toll on him, man. They're five and six. They still in. They're still somewhat in it. They just got to get him involved. Yeah. So moving on to the Houston Jets game. For some reason, I took Houston and the Jets proved me wrong. Me taking Houston was more just I trust Tyrod Taylor more than I trust Zach Wilson coming off of missing the last three weeks. But Houston is who they are, and the Jets won the game. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Credit yeah. the Jets' um, defensive line, man. Uh, stopping the run, man. That's what it came down to, and right. stopping them guys from making those extra plays. The, the Texans couldn't get any type of traction on the run game, man. Ten rushes, thirty-nine yards for their for their best their best runner. I mean, that's what it came down to. Yeah, I mean that's not a, not a really exciting game. So moving yeah. on to what I thought <laughs> would have been a good game for the Chargers to win: yeah. Chargers versus Denver. I had Chargers winning, but Denver came in and took the win. Yeah, I yeah, uh, I told you, man. I love to watch the Chargers. Justin Herbert's one of my favorite players to watch, um, especially in the AFC. Um, but you know what? They're not consistent enough, man. You can't keep winning one, losing one, winning one, losing one. You can't keep doing that, especially when the game that you're losing is against a team that you're better than and you should beat. Um, I do think Denver has a very underrated defense over there. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback than what he gets credit for. But still, man, L.A., you got to win that game, man. You got to win that game. You guys got a couple bad losses this season where easily it could have been flipped and you guys should have won. I thought you should have beat Dallas earlier in the season. You lost that game. There's another game that's not ringing a bell that I thought you guys should have won. And then you got completely dominated by Denver. That can't happen if you call yourself a playoff team. Denver got it. They got a, a history of playing tough games, even when they're being in games that they're not supposed to be in. And you, you saw it uh, two weeks ago against the Cowboys, man, how they were able to hold them down. Um. Yeah, it just goes, just goes to the charges and consistency, man. I, I don't get. I had them as my favorites to win the AFC West. I uh, might be jumping off that bandwagon, especially with how good the Chiefs been looking lately. But yeah, I, I don't get it. I, the inconsistencies, I don't get it. I mean, they have the talent, they have the pieces there to be a, a 
one of the top upper echelons in the in the AFC. And then week after week, man, you just don't know what you're gonna get out of out of this team. Credit the Broncos, though, man. They they always playing tough, man. You yeah, can never tell them tough completely. You gotta give them yeah. that. If the Broncos can manage to get all uh, get the um Deshaun Watson once his situation gets gets taken care of, maybe uh, they might be they might be able to do some things, man. If everything works out for the best for for uh, Deshaun Watson, I, I know he said Dem- Denver was definitely one of his destinations. Him being over there with with John Elway, if they can pull something off like that, man. Yeah, I heard about his case. Not to speak too much on it, but I heard this case is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he gonna be playing again real soon, man. Absolutely, yeah, the case is falling apart. So. And if you go to Denver, man, I think a, a I think he get some pieces to go over there. John Elway is great at getting, getting free agents, uh, upper echelon free agents to go over there. Uh, I, I, think, I think that can be um that could be something to to watch out for in the off season. All right, so now we got Rams versus Green Bay. I took Green Bay. I just knew somehow Green Bay would get it out. Yeah, I took Green Bay also. Um, you know what? The Rams, I'm going to put them in the same category with Dallas. You're not for real. You're going to make the playoffs. You probably are going to win your division, but that's it. It, don't, it. it ends there because let's be real. The Rams and Dallas are not, better, are not better than Tampa Bay, and they're not better than the Packers. And you're not better than the Arizona Cardinals. Who are three NFC teams that I would put ahead of both of them? So as far as Dallas and the Rams are concerned, no, you, you're going to win a couple more games. You're probably going to win your division. And I even am starting to be hesitant about saying that division thing when it comes to Dallas. The way you got Washington now breathing down your back. So um, yeah, uh, uh, the Rams. No, you weren't beating the back. The Rams have been such a letdown, and the Rams have have said so many games where, like before the game, you're like, I can't wait to see this game, game of the week, and then they let you down. Okay, you lost to Arizona the week before that. Odell's first game, you don't look good. Then you go and lose to the Packers this week. Yeah, um, the Rams. You made all these changes. You're bringing Odell. You're bringing Von Miller, and you're just losing games. So what's going on over there? <laughs> I think the Rams got to get some type of run game. They got to get some type of run attack to balance out that pass attack. Uh, well, Dapper Henderson just got injured this week, so you better find a running back. Yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm Matt Stafford. Um, the same thing with the same thing with, with Carson Wentz. When you ask those guys to throw the ball too many times, 38 times, 40 plus times, I just think you're asking, you asking guys, especially Dunslinger guys like those guys to you're putting them more at risk for that, for that interception, which it would wind up happening. And I think that wind up costing them the game in, in some form of fashion later with, cause it came down to turnovers at the end of the day. And you got both of your, your receivers on the same page. Finally, Odell has somewhat of a good game, five receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. Uh, Cooper Cup is still the, one of the top, I say definitely a top five wide receiver, top three, top five wide receiver in the league right now. He has seven receptions, 90 something yards, 96 yards. But it just came down to they got to type, they got to find some type of run, run game to balance out that pass attack. I think in a playoff, when it comes down to the playoffs, I trust the LA Rams more than I trust the, the Green Bay Packers. I think the Packers show you time and time again, once they get into the playoffs, they're not the same team as they are in the regular season. And I definitely, I absolutely trust that the LA Rams defense. I think that they're going to, that they'll find ways to, to make plays and, and to, to bring their team out with the W come playoff time. I just trust, I just trust Aaron Donald and Von you know, Miller more than I trust Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. You know what? There's one thing that I don't trust about Green Bay. And this is a topic that gets no love ever. Nobody talks about this or whatever. 
but Mason Crosby, the field goal kicker, has been atrocious this yeah. year. He's yeah. got 10 missed field goals this season. That is not something you need to be confident about uh, knowing that when you go to in the playoffs. Uh, 10 missed field goals? Come on. Your field goal kicker is damn important in the playoffs and during mm-hmm. a playoff run. And Mason Crosby has been around for too long. He's been with the Packers organization for too long where 10 missed field goals don't look good. I mean, I get it to go find another kicker at this point in time and then to trust him over Mason Crosby, who has a long resume and who's a veteran. But I mean, I've even watched kicks, like looked at these kicks and sometimes it's not even on Mason Crosby. The holder's got the laces pointing in the wrong direction. He's completely shanking the football. Um, Come on, man, 10 missed field goals. Uh, 12 weeks into the season, come on, man. You shouldn't be missing more than three or four field goals for an entire season. And he's missing 30-yarders, 40-yarders. Come on, man. Uh, if, if, if Aaron Rodgers, knowing how close he came to making the Super Bowl last season, is denied a Super Bowl appearance over a missed field goal, remember this episode that I said that. Remember this. That's a pat yourself on the back moment. Yeah, uh, trust boy on, wonder uh, man McVay Sean McVay I think he'll he'll find a, he'll find a way he's a great coach man he got yeah. a, he has great ways to to get his guys going man I think he he'll, he'll get he'll get them back on. All right, moving on to the Minnesota and San Fran game. I had Minnesota winning. San Fran goes in there and wins the game. Yeah, um, I also said right after we dissected Minnesota the week before beating the Packers, I said if you want us to take you for real. Don't go in and lose to the 49ers the following week. You have when you beat a team like Green Bay, who's also in your division, you gotta let everybody know that that was no fluke, and you gotta go spank these 49ers. And that didn't happen. They actually spanked you. And Elijah Mitchell, the running back for the 49ers, you need to be talking about because here's the crazy thing: I actually got Elijah Mitchell on my fantasy football team. And I didn't start him this week because he missed the week before with a broken finger. So I'm thinking a broken finger, you got to hold a football in your hands. Yep. Uh, I can't really trust you this week. No, broken finger, nothing. The man ran all over the place, okay? Elijah Mitchell is killing it for the 49ers, and I won't be leaving him off my team uh, this week when I play fantasy. <laughs> yeah, Elijah Mitchell, he was definitely the story of the game, man. Uh Going 17 rushes, 133 yards, and a touchdown. Debo Samuel, too, y'all. Debo just finds a way. They just find ways to get Debo the ball, man. Debo's a problem, man. Debo's out for uh, 66 yards and two touchdowns. Like he's he's a problem, man. I I really like Debo Samuel. I like ways that I like the ways that they that Kyle Shanahan finds ways to get him incorporated into the offense. Jimmy G played average, but he 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 did have an interception, but. He did manage just to keep everybody afloat outside of that one interception. He played okay. Uh, San Francisco is quietly winning games. They're on a three-game winning streak. Only thing about it is Debo is out this week. They said he might actually be out for a couple weeks. Um, I think oh, it was a no, groin. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it's a groin injury. So losing Debo Samuel is big. big. Yeah, he's been a vital piece for these oh, last couple God. weeks uh, for, the, to, to, for them winning. So, yeah. So fire up Elijah Mitchell. Fire him up. Fire got to pick up the slap. Kirk Cousins, and George man, Kittle, too. Be and George better, Kittle. Let's not talk about – George Kittle has to step it up, too. Get him the ball as well. He's healthy now. He's not injured right now. Get George Kittle the ball, too. Yeah, so we got uh, – we kind of talked about the Baltimore and Cleveland game um, a little earlier when we talked about right. Lamar's four interceptions. So we're going to move on to Seattle versus Washington. Um, I have Baltimore winning. I'm guessing both of you have Baltimore winning. 
yeah. I had Washington winning winning the Seattle game. I don't I did believe too. in Seattle no more. Um, that yeah, Seattle game was actually a good game, man. Towards the end, that, Russell tried he, to make yeah, it Yeah, he, he had a chance to he had a chance to bring it out. He just couldn't get the two point conversion, man. So. But you credit know what, though? To, credit to the Washington folks for still managing to find ways to hold on, man, with, without having the their best defensive player. Like, I just shout out to them, to those guys, man. Well, listen, what even kept Seattle having a chance in that game was, first of all, Russell played horrible the whole game. His last drive was his best drive. He took him all the way down the field. But honestly, yeah. this game would have been over anyway, and it wouldn't even have come down to a two-point conversion if Washington's field goal kicker didn't get hurt. Washington mm-hmm. was forced to go for it on fourth down actually a few different times during the game because they didn't have their field goal kicker healthy. So Washington just kicks a field goal at the end of the game instead of going for it on fourth down where they got stopped. Seattle wouldn't even have been in that situation because it would have been a two score game and it wouldn't have been enough time for Seattle to even score to get two scores out of it. So, um, you know, they, they actually caught a break even still being in the game. So, um, yeah, Tyler Heineke, he's been playing good, man. He really has. Not costing them, man. That's all you could ask for. It don't cost them. They had a big game running, too. They had a 100-yard rush. Yeah, Gibson. Both running backs played good. McKissick and Gibson played good yesterday. Yeah, a, that's what I'm saying. So, you credit, give those guys credit, man, for still holding on, still finding ways to win. I told you they take on the um, they take on the personality of their coach and, and Ron Rivera, man. He's a tough a tough coach, man, a tough-minded guy. Man. So, you can always expect this team to come out and fight. Yeah, I mean, Washington is always they, – they did the same thing, uh, if I'm not mistaken, last season started playing really good at the end of the season to get themselves uh, in the playoffs. So, I mean, I expect the same thing from Dallas. Just needs to keep on the A game and keep pushing or they're going to find themselves out. Or in the wild card game fighting <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Or in the wild card game fighting for, for a spot. So, but, yeah, I mean, that's it for the picks. We we, we here at the end, guys, man. We here at the end. So we're going we're gonna to close it out with final thoughts. But I'm going to start final thoughts off this time. I don't ever do this. All My right. final thoughts is Buck sign Cousins, bro. If Cousins can just come in, right, and just be like a little, little threat from deep from them, give them some more scoring, be able to get to the paint, you know, add some spacing, I think it's a good pickup. I think it's a really good pickup. So uh, this could be one of my pat yourself on the back moments later on in the in the you know in the in the episodes. Uh, but yeah, I think Cousins might be a good fit for the Bucks coming off the bench, man. But we're gonna kick it to Frank. Closing closing thoughts, Frank. Uh, closing thoughts. Michigan had a great week. Uh, just want to throw that <laughs> out there. Wolves. Michigan up uh, for all my Michigan Wolverines. Um. They really spearheaded my um, yeah, he really, really don't win big games. I can agree that Harbaugh really that's what I'm saying. Games, yeah, I'll tell you the truth. when Harbaugh, Harbaugh went to Michigan, that, Michigan, I became a fan that, of Michigan. Yeah, the, the, the whole Michigan needed that man. That was a that was a great week for uh, for me. And uh, do you think he still loses job or what are you thinking there? No way, no. I mean, he, I, I think that I, I believe that he's gonna leave. I think he'll, he'll take another chance at, at the NFL eventually but uh with him being Ohio State I don't think I think that's enough for for us to keep him if he wants to stay definitely all right Pete Uh, closing thoughts yeah uh my final thought was it's so funny that Frank said something about college football because I was actually going to say that too but I was going to talk about number one versus number four this week in Alabama versus Georgia yeah and 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 Nick Saban's coaching career at Alabama he has only been the underdog one time in a game. And guess what? 
he wanted. And when you have a team like Alabama, and I get it, they're ranked number four. Georgia is unreal. They're ranked number one. But sometimes it's like, and I said this a, a couple of seasons ago, it might've been last season. It was Baltimore versus um, the Kansas City Chiefs and Kansas City was the underdog. When you have teams that are so dominant all the time and there's that rare occasion that they're actually the underdog, go put your money on them. Go put your money on them because that's when you're going to get paid the most money and you're going to see the most return and most profit is when you bet on the underdog and you don't get to see Nick Saban and you don't get to see Alabama as underdogs too often. And I think they're six and a half point underdogs. A hundred dollar bet gets you a decent return on your money. So you know what? Even if you lose the money, I get it. You don't want to lose your bet or whatever. Maybe you don't put a hundred dollars down, but if you want to actually double and get more back of a return, Alabama being an underdog is not something that we ever see at all. And it still is Nick Saban and it still is Alabama. I got a few bucks for Alabama to get the upset over Georgia. Ooh. All right. Ooh. All right. You heard it. You heard Stay it on. here from Pete and uh, Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank, we want to thank you again for stopping by, bro. Thank uh, you. Always a, pleasure. Always, always a pleasure having you. We'll be in contact. Oh. We're going to have you back. Uh, and maybe in, I think, a week, I think. We got some people on the schedule that's going to stop by, so we definitely going to give you a call. Uh, yeah, you'll be back, bro. It'll be a regular part of the show if you don't mind. Guys, bro. Bring the bathrobe out. Get it out. We got a bye here. week, but don't worry. After next week, though. Yeah, you got to see the Titans. Titans got a bye week, and you got a bye week, too. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, give you the week man. off, too, bro. But we're going to have I you back the, in here. I want the whole outfit. I want the cigar, the hat. Yeah, yes. You got to have a blue cigar, the light, the light blue cigar. Right? <laughs> but, nah, man, we're, we're, uh, we really appreciate you, man, stopping by and giving us your time, man. Uh, it is appreciated, you, bro, giving us some good uh, conversation. I think today's conversation was is going to rank up there in one of our best starting ones because you guys were able to flow together like I, like I envisioned did. So anytime you come on, man, just keep that work up, bro. But we definitely going to have you back. I really appreciate you. Great. Thank you, for everybody thank listening at home, watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, we want to thank you guys for listening, man. Definitely leave us some comments, leave us some uh, some topics you wanted to hear, to hear us talk about. Leave us your top 10 if you want us to discuss it. You know, if you guys will want to be on the show like me and Pete said before, man, just, just send us a message. Um, hit us up in the comments of uh, Instagram, I mean, of YouTube, and we'll we'll get back to you, man. And uh, yeah, and that's just, that's the end of the show, man. So we want to thank you guys again. We appreciate you guys. Peace. Peace.